We are in um, week three of a new sermon series, a message series here at Journey um, that has already been a really powerful uh, word from God for many, many, many people. We've already heard many stories about the impact that's happened uh, just from the first two uh, messages that Pastor Sean preached. I went back through yesterday and, and listened back through both of those first two messages. Um, and if you don't ever get on and listen to our podcast, I encourage you to do that. It's a great way to kind of go back because you guys know this. You hear a message the first time and you're going to pick up bits and pieces that are powerful and, and meaningful. But if you go back over it again, there's going to be things that you missed and that, and that truth is going to sink deeper into your heart. And so we've already had that uh, and, and I believe that it's already benefited marriages in, in, in a really powerful way. And so Pastor Sean asked me to speak this weekend, continuing on in this series of kingdom marriages on the subject of praying together. And I'm so excited about this message because I know how powerful this truth is. I know that it is transformative. It is a game changer. And I also know that most Christian couples don't do it. And so if you start adding this in as a habit, as something that's just a normal part of your practice, it will change things. It absolutely will. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to start off, um, I thought it was appropriate to start off and um, quote you a couple lines of poetic verse from one of the great thinkers of the 90s. <laughs> I said, we pray. Oh, yeah, we got to pray just to make it today. MC Hammer. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. By the way, if you've never heard me speak before, that was an example of sarcasm. And just remember that because there may be moments later on in the message that that'll happen again. And you can refer back to that. Oh, he's being sarcastic. That's kind of funny. I always kind of laughed at that song. I remember it when it was like a big thing. You know, some of you do too. But as silly as it is, there is actually truth to that. We do have to pray. Prayer does have to be an important part of our culture, of our lifestyle, of our routine. If we want to be effective, if we want to have success, we have to have prayer. We can't get there any other way. You can't get to success in your marriage and leave prayer out. Can't happen. It's not going to happen. And today we're going to look uh, at what the Bible says about this subject, and we're going to see that that's actually the truth. So what I want to do, since we're talking about prayer... I want to pray for you right now, so let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that we have your word. Lord, we thank you, God, that I or another person can get up here and talk, and we can have our opinions and teach people things. But Lord, we know that the, your word is true. We know that your word is a solid foundation. We know that your word does not change. It's holy. And that your word goes out and it doesn't come back void and it accomplishes what it sets out to do. And so, Lord God, we're going to go beyond our opinions today and we're going to look at what your word says. And God, right now, we just say intentionally that we make our hearts open to your word. Lord, we make our hearts like that good ground that is ready to receive the seed of your word so that it would bear fruit. Right now, God, we make a decision to do that. Lord, we say we're open, we're receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've already heard in the first couple weeks uh, from Jimmy Evans, from Pastor Jimmy Evans. And the reason for that is, is he is recognized as one of the uh, main authorities on what a kingdom marriage is. The teaching that he has on kingdom marriage is very strong, very powerful. And uh, you're probably going to hear from him again uh, coming up. I'm guessing, in, the, in, in other weeks of this, this sermon series. But I wanted to start off with a clip of him talking about this subject because he actually uh, talks about the idea of praying together in a kingdom marriage. So let's go ahead and play that. Sometimes it doesn't matter if Karen and I talk. We can't make something happen immediately, and there's a problem. There's an illness. There's a, 
There's a people issue. There's a money issue. Many times in marriage, there's something going on. And even if you're talking and even if you're doing everything right, you can't wave a magic wand and make that situation go away. It's there and it's creating anxiety. And anxiety is a consumer of emotions and marriage is an emotional condition. Love is an emotional commodity. When you're anxious all the time, it wears you out emotionally and you can't meet each other's needs. You can't let anxiety get into your relationship because it literally just grinds away at the core of both of your emotions, which ultimately affects your marriage. You say, well, what do we do then when we have issues like this, financial issues, job issues, marital issues, child issues, sickness issues? What happens when this thing is just there in our lives? You join hands and you pray. That's what you do. Jesus said, if two on earth would agree together is touching anything that you would ask, I'll do it. If two on earth, the great thing is every married couple qualifies for that right there. If two on earth agree. So Karen and I realized many years ago, we're either going to pray about it or we're going to worry about it. And if we pray about it, it brings peace and miracles because God moves when people put faith in him. If we worry about it, it's going to affect our relationship. It's going to wear both of us out. And so many, many times in our relationship, we're talking about something, but it's just not going to go away. Even if we agree on it, it's there. It's a problem, it's a mountain, it's a giant, it's an issue, it's there, it's staring at us. What are we going to do? And we hold hands and we say, in the name of Jesus, we believe for provision. In the name of Jesus, we believe for healing. In the name of Jesus, we believe. And we, we pray every prayer of faith that we know. And what happens in the process of prayer, peace comes. Don't be anxious for one thing. If you want to live in anxiety, that's your decision. But God has given us his peace anytime we want it. Be anxious for not one thing, but in every single thing, with prayer and more prayer, with a spirit of thanksgiving. You know, you know why we have a spirit of thanksgiving in prayer? Because he's listening and he's going to answer. I thank you, God, that you hear my prayers. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're a faithful God. And I come to you, God, and we're praying about our children. Thank you that you love our children. You're going to answer our prayers. We're praying about sickness. Thank you that you hung on the cross and by your stripes we're healed. With prayer, and with, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that passes all comprehension, because you shouldn't have that kind of peace in the natural. The peace that passes all comprehension will guard this thing and this thing, your mind and your heart, where Satan wants to attack you and wear you out. And that word guard there is a Greek word called phrureo, which means a military presence. It's like setting a guard outside of a fort. When you pray, God dispatches his angels and his spirit to guard around your thinking and your emotions so that the devil's not able to come and to wear you out with fear and anxiety. When you pray together, something happens that protects your marriage. Something happens that bonds you together and something happens that brings God peace into a situation. We've experienced it Hundreds of times, let me say one thing. The peace is not just the prize by itself. God answers prayer. And something that could have never happened in the natural happens because you prayed. Happens because you realized God is in our family. God loves us in spite of all of our mess and all of our problems. God loves us. He's with us. And if we'll just trust him, he'll answer our prayers. And that's where peace comes from. Yeah. I think that one of the biggest things I want to take away from what he just said is that when you pray together, something happens, something unique happens when you and your spouse pray together. That doesn't happen in another way. So if you're not doing that, then that thing that happens is not happening in your marriage. So I want to start off with um, a truth that is a really big deal. And I don't know if this is something you've thought about before. It's something that's really only kind of occurred to me um, in the last few years, really, uh, to be honest with you. And it's this, your marriage has an identity. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Your marriage has an identity. So think about this. We're talking about your prayer life today. We're talking about your spouse's prayer life. We're talking about your marriage's prayer life. Because you have your prayer life and your spouse has their prayer life, right? 
You have your habits and your patterns and, and the way that you spend time with God. I hope it's a daily thing. I hope it's, I hope it's intentional and strategic and, and fruitful. And hopefully that's happening in your spouse's life. But did you know that your marriage has a prayer life? Your marriage has its own prayer life. And I've learned, and I'm still learning, that a healthy marriage is not the result of a healthy person just being married to a healthy person. Pastor Sean hit on this in the last two weeks, that you have to be intentional, right? If you want a great marriage to be good, all you have to do is nothing. If you want a good marriage to be mediocre, just do nothing, right? You remember that? And so just because you're healthy and just because your spouse is healthy and just because you have a great, I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I spend two hours with the Lord in prayer. Just because that's happening individually in your world and your spouse is doing that on their own alone in their world, that doesn't mean that you have a marriage that is spiritually healthy. Because it's when you are unified and you are pursuing God in prayer uh, that your marriage is experiencing that. So you should pray for your spouse, right? Of course you should. But that's your prayer life, right? That's you. That's you praying. That's your time with God praying for your spouse and other things too. Same way with your spouse. Your spouse should be praying for you. But you should also pray with your spouse. And there is a difference. I'm not just splitting hairs up here today. There's a difference. It's, it's, it's a separate thing. Think about it this way. Um, I know we have some people in here who, uh, who garden, right? Um, Sarah and I have, have gardened some. Is that a good verb to use? Gardened, right? Okay. I, I don't know a lot about it. We've, we've done it. And we're very skilled at growing things that are not edible, you know. <laughs> things that you're supposed to pull out to let the edible things grow. But I do know this. I know that you could plant a garden yourself. You could take a little patch of ground and you could plant your own garden and grow what you want there. And your spouse could plant a little garden in a, in a patch of ground. And, and they could take care of that garden, and you could take care of your thing. And then you guys could plant a garden together, right? And, and, and this could be your garden that you plant together. And how many of you guys know that if you give a lot of attention to your little patch of garden, you might see fruit, you might see uh, good things come out of there, you might be weeding it, you might be tending to it, your spouse might be doing the same thing for theirs. But if you both neglect the one you're working on together... You're not going to bear fruit. You're going to grow weeds and things are going to rot. And so we have to look at the way that we pray in the same way. Um, so many people that I've talked to about this, I mean, going back decades, have never prayed with their spouse. So many people. Uh, I think of um, specifically a person who is a really good friend of mine. We were in ministry together, in worship ministry, and we were talking one time at my house about, you know, what it looks like to have a healthy marriage, and we were talking about different things like that, and I brought this up about, well, you know, praying with your wife, I mean, that's, that's part of it, and he looked at me like I just said something in an alien language, you know, like, I've never heard those words put together in that order before, it's, he's like, and he said, I've never prayed with my wife. I've never. I'm, I'm, and I said, you've never prayed with your wife? And I'm like, you pray with me every week. You go to a prayer meeting every week. We pray with other people all the time. He's like, I know. But you've never prayed. You and your wife have never sat down and prayed together? No. Why not? It just seems weird. How could that be weird? <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. I mean, it's true that there are lots and lots of couples that have never done that. And I'm saying that. I've, I give you one example. I've heard that again and again and again. When we, and Sarah and I have sat down with other couples uh, doing marriage counseling. We bring this up. Do you guys pray together? No. And it's almost like the answer is, 
why would you even think that we would? I mean, it's just so foreign to so many people. But it's so important and it's so critical to have a healthy kingdom marriage that um, if you don't have that in there, you're not going to get what you, what you need. So there's your prayer life. There's your spouse's prayer life. And there's your marriage's prayer life. And since prayer is an indication of spiritual health, you have to look at these things. So maybe you have a great prayer life. Maybe your spouse has a great prayer life. Does your marriage have a great prayer life? Do you pray together? That's what I'm asking. So think about this and let this be a tool to kind of evaluate where you're at. In fact, just take a second right now where you're sitting. And I just want you to think about your marriage for those of you who are married. And and obviously, single people, we're going to talk about just praying together with people in general here in a little bit too. But if you're married, I want you to think about, do you pray with your spouse? You know, how would you rate the spiritual health of your marriage? Not your spiritual health, but the spiritual health of your marriage. Would you give your marriage an A plus? Would you give it a D minus, a C Where would you say you're at? Because if you're lacking prayer in marriage, it's time to put that in its proper place. Because prayer is the key that unlocks the door to so many things. It really is. It really is. In fact, what we could say is we could say that prayer precedes some important things. Prayer precedes. Prayer comes before things. Okay? Now, prayer does not move God. Okay? Prayer does not make God move on our behalf. And maybe that's important to bring up because maybe that's what some people believe. But the truth is, if we really go back and look at what the Bible says, God has already moved on our behalf, right? I mean, he came from heaven to earth to show. Come on. <laughs> there are some people in this room that know that song. But he did. He did come from heaven to earth. And Jesus on the cross, as before he died, he said, it is finished. So God has already moved. Praying doesn't make God move. Praying doesn't send Jesus down to earth again or anything like that. Praying doesn't change God's heart or mind towards you. It's not like you're in a situation where God's mad at you, and if you pray, maybe he won't be mad anymore. No, that's not the case. God already thinks every good thought about you. God already wants to bless you. God already wants to love you. That's his heart is already set fully on you in love. That's That's the constant state. God sees you as righteousness because of what Jesus did. So prayer doesn't do any of that. Prayer changes us. Prayer changes us. Prayer positions us in such a way to be able to receive those things that God wants to give us. Prayer aligns us with God's will and God's purpose for our life. Prayer affects us. When we go to God in prayer, when we submit to him, when we surrender him, when we acknowledge Jesus' lordship, it changes and it affects us. But it does come before very important things that we need. So prayer precedes things. Prayer precedes power. Prayer precedes power. Acts 4.31 says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Everybody say, after they prayed. After they prayed. prayed. It didn't say the Holy Spirit came and the power of God was there. And then they all said, we need to start praying. No, after they prayed, This happened. Uh, I want to bring up a a verse that uh, Jimmy Evans referenced. Prayer precedes peace. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you need some peace in your marriage? I mean, I'm raising my hand. I'm not saying that I've got a perfect marriage. Because we need God, right? We need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. And so prayer precedes peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this, 
don't worry about anything. Everybody say anything. anything. Instead, pray about everything. Say everything. Our mind instantly recoils at that right there. Don't worry about anything. Because you're telling yourself, more than likely, that doesn't seem right. Because there are really scary things that can happen in life. There are really tense situations. There's really stressful things. It seems unreasonable that the Bible would say, don't worry about anything. Shouldn't we worry about some things? Some things are really bad. We should be worrying about those things, right? But that is nonetheless what it says. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Prayer precedes that supernatural peace. Now, going back to what I just said, in the natural, it is unreasonable to say don't worry about anything. In the natural, yes, we should worry about some things. There are, there are bad things, there are stressful things. But we serve a supernatural God. And God gives us supernatural peace, peace that doesn't make sense to our mind. But prayer precedes, it comes before those things. So remember, we're talking today in the context of your marriage. We're talking today in the context of your relationship with your spouse. And if you need peace in that relationship, prayer precedes peace. Prayer precedes provision. Jesus, in the, in the little uh, section of verses that we call the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said that we should pray every day, God, give us this day our daily bread. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. It's not that God provides and then we go pray for provision. We pray, God provides. Prayer precedes provision. And then, last of all, prayer precedes presence. In Luke 9.28, it's talking about Jesus' transfiguration, which is a partial revealing of his glory. And it's preceded by um, prayer. It says, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, went up on the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. As he was praying, the Bible says, prayer brought the presence and presence brought transformation. So I hope you can see, I want you to see that in your marriage, you need the power of God, the peace of God, the provision of God, and the presence of God. But prayer, just like it says right there in the Bible, comes before those things. And so praying together is incredibly important. Now, a few minutes ago, I made the statement that most Christian couples don't pray together. And I believe that's true based on my own experience. But I don't know everybody, right? So I could be wrong. But I also believe that's true based on statistics. And there are a lot of statistics that bear this out. Um, uh, there's a one in particular that I want to mention. Barna Research did a survey of over a thousand people who pray. And they asked them some questions. And let's go ahead and put that graph up on the screen. Of people that prayed from this group of over a thousand people, 82% said that they pray silently and by themselves. So they do not pray with anybody else, and they don't pray out loud. 13% of those people that were surveyed said they do pray out loud, but they don't pray with anybody, okay? 2% of that group said that they do pray with others, which would, which would, of course, include praying with your spouse, and they pray out loud. 2%, 2%, think about that. We're talking about praying people. 2% pray with others, with their spouse. That's not good, okay? 
shouldn't be that way. But let me tell you, let me share one more statistic with you that is good and that's powerful. And, and this is why I'm telling you, this is a, I'm telling you, this is a game changer. Of that 2%, of that tiny little sliver of the people uh, that were surveyed, of that 2%, what do you think their divorce rate is of people that pray together? Less than 1%. Less than 1%. So for Christian couples who actively pray together, the divorce rate is less than 1%. So the other way to say that is, Marriages that actively pray together, the success rate, as far as not being divorced, is almost 100%. That's shocking. And it's good. If you want to divorce-proof your marriage, I'm not saying this is the only thing, but this is definitely one of the things that you do. And you could say, well, Aaron, I think that those marriages that were successful, there were other things. That may be the case. But we can all agree that, the one, that one common factor or feature of these marriages who have a less than 1% divorce rate is that they pray together. They pray together. It's clearly important. And so if we're not doing that, it's something that needs to be happening. So you've heard those statistics. I'm sure you've heard those statistics of the divorce rate among Christians. You know, it's like it's 50%. It's more than 50%. It's as bad as the world. If you want to blow those statistics out of the water, then you need to add in this habit and lifestyle and culture of praying together. So let's do something right now. Let's try something, okay? I want you to think about the biggest thing in your life right now at this moment that is stressing you out. Now, it doesn't have to be between you and your spouse. It doesn't have to be some disagreement between you and your spouse. It could be some external thing. It could be financial, job-related, relational, health-related, whatever. But it's a big worry, okay, that you and your spouse share. Ask yourself this question. Are you praying together actively about this situation? Are you going to God with this situation? Or are you just bearing the burden of it? Because like Jimmy Evans said, it will wear you out. It will wear you out. You can go through the Bible. You can, you can read through. You can go back to Philippians and read that again. We are not designed to carry the stress and the burdens of some of these things that God says, give me those things. Cast your cares on me. Don't worry about those things. Seek my kingdom. The whole New Testament is filled, and the Old Testament, with God's promises and God's call to you to let him carry those burdens, to rest in him. So let me ask you again, let me ask you the question. Think about that thing. What's stressing you out? What's burdening you right now? Are you going to God in prayer? Because if you're not, you're walking right by one of the most clear ways that the Bible says you can deal with these situations. Uh, Jimmy Evans um, referenced this verse, Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. And I want to bring up something that Pastor Sean mentioned, um, I think it was last week, talking about powerful people. Let's say that the stress that you're having is between you and your spouse, okay? Let's say that the big problem is the relationship, and you have found a place that you just can't work it out, right? Irreconcilable differences, which I don't know if you can find irreconcilable differences in the kingdom of God when it comes to marriage. But let's say that's where you're at. Have we yet found a situation, honestly, have we yet found a situation that is too big for God to turn around? Because remember, Pastor Sean talked about what's it going to look like if you have a husband and a wife 
that are both fully submitted and fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Are we saying that there can't be restoration there? Are we saying that it's impossible? This person completely is surrendered to Jesus and, and, and all in to follow him. This person is completely submitted to God and has given their life totally to God. They're saying, God, you do with my life what you want. I'm yours. Are we saying that God can't put those pieces together? Praying together. This is one of the reasons why praying together results in a less than 1% divorce rate among that group. If we give God that kind of uh, access to our life, then he goes in and does what he needs to do to make that work. There's a quote from Leonard Ravenhill that says, notice we never pray for folks we gossip about. And we never gossip about the folk we pray about. For prayer is a great deterrent. Now, this is one of my last things I want to talk about, but uh, another benefit of praying together. And this is, this one's a little more outside the box. It's not as much of an obvious thing as you might think, but praying together reveals our true identity in Christ. It reveals your kingdom identity. And if you've ever heard me speak before, you know that identity for me is one of the key things. I mean, it's, that's right at the core of what we need. Um, in fact, I would say I'm so much a believer in you needing to understand your identity that if Jesus were to appear right here and say, Aaron, what do you want me to do for these people? Before I said, you know, heal every person in here or give everybody a million dollars or whatever, my prayer would be, Lord, let them have a true understanding of who they are in you. Because that is at the foundation of everything else. And so I believe our identity is so important. There's a Chris Vallotton quote that really is just something I heard him say in the middle of a podcast one time. But he was talking about identity and he said, you know, I realized, I finally realized at one point that I'm not supposed to become the next Billy Graham as awesome as Billy Graham was and powerful of an evangelist as he was and all that, I'm supposed to become Chris Ballatin. And when he said that, it was like something just went off inside me. And I'm like, that is true. I'm supposed to, I'm, I am on throughout my, the course of my whole life, I am on a journey to become Aaron Poor, Right? I'm on a journey to become the Aaron Poor that God sees when he looks at me. And so I and you, we are growing in to our identity of who God sees when he looks at us. And so our identity is so, so, so important. And it's under assault all the time. It's constantly. Our, who we are, who God says we are is constantly under assault by pop culture and pop psychology and religion and the devil himself is constantly trying to tell you, you are not who God says you are. And we have to be, I mean, ruthless against those lies. Praying together reinforces who our real identity is in Jesus. Now, when Sarah and I got married, I became more of the Aaron Poor that God has called me to be at that moment. A, a massive piece of my identity was put into place. So much so that people that knew me before we got married would, if it was just simply by the way I related and, and my personality, would almost not recognize me. Because a massive shift happened at that point. And a big piece of that, and you're going to hear about this in just a few minutes a little bit more, was because of the way that Sarah and I prayed together. That was a big piece of it. So when my wife and I pray together as a couple, it builds our identity as a couple in Jesus. And as a result, it reveals more of who I am in Christ. 
Now, let me back this up here a little bit. Jesus preaches a whole sermon on this issue. Um, What's taking me about 40 minutes to do, he does it in two words. I wish you all, I bet you all wish I could be more like Jesus, right? But I, I, mentioned a, I mentioned a few minutes earlier about the Lord's Prayer, this, you know, what we call the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, 9, the disciples say, Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus says, okay, pray like this. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. In those first two words, there is so much significance and meaning and depth in what Jesus says. And what he's conveying to us is that we should pray together and we should pray from the context of our identity in Jesus. He doesn't say, pray my father who's in heaven. He could have said that, right? That would have made sense. Oh, pray like this. Pray my father who's in heaven. No, he said, pray our father. So he's intending for us to come and approach God locked arms with brothers and sisters. He says, pray our father, plural. He doesn't say, pray our master who is in heaven, our creator who's in heaven, our Lord who's in heaven. He could have said any of those things because you guys know God is our master. He is our creator. He is our Lord. Those are all true. But Jesus said, Jesus said, when you pray, approach God as Father, because how many of you guys know that when we approach God as, uh, from the identity of Him being our Father, it reveals our identity as sons and daughters. And so when you pray together the way Jesus directed us to pray, you reveal your identity. It reveals who you are. It reinforces who you are. And so You have this extremely powerful tool built right into your marriage. This idea of two coming together, approaching the Father together. You have it built in. It's included in the base package. And so if you're not taking advantage of it, uh, you're missing out in a huge way. And the really good, good news today is... You can rectify that immediately. And it's not hard. It's not hard. You can change this. In fact, we've already had from last night, I've already heard from people that came up and started this and have already noticed a change just from last night, from our service last night. So here's a question. And I know some of you have this question. What if my spouse refuses to pray? What if my spouse refuses to pray? Because that happens sometimes. I mean, you may be in that situation. Maybe, you're, maybe your spouse it doesn't even know the Lord, you know? Um, maybe your spouse has fallen away from God. Maybe they're just not serious about God, whatever the case may be. What if you're on your, you feel like you're on your own in this effort? Well, the answer is pretty simple. You pray. You pray. There's power in prayer. Pray anyway. Pray for your spouse to hear the voice of God. Pray for there to be spiritual freedom in your home. Pray for God to stir up more of a hunger for Jesus in your spouse. You remember um, a couple months ago, uh, I, I think I was speaking on prayer, actually, and we had that word push. Remember that? Pray until something happens. You pray. If your spouse isn't praying, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say, well, I guess this doesn't work. You pray. Pray for them. Lift them up to God. And go to your spouse and say, look, hey, I'm going to go pray. And if you would like to join me, you're welcome to join me. When you're ready, come pray with me. Leave the door open. And because God wants your spouse to pray, this is God's will for your marriage, for you to pray together. So if you need to go get in your car and drive around and pray for your spouse, pray for your marriage, then do that. But if your spouse refuses to pray, uh, don't be um, dissuaded. Don't be discouraged from praying. Now, uh, I mentioned 
Sarah and I have been praying together like this for a long time. And we, even before we were married, we saw um, dramatic results from doing this. And it's just reinforced over and over throughout the years how important it is to pray together. And so we sat down, shot a little video a couple days ago to uh, kind of tell you this story. So let's go ahead and roll that video. Well, for Sarah and I, praying together is something that goes way back to even before we were married. So even when we were dating, we prayed together because it was natural to us. I mean, I prayed, Sarah prayed, we prayed in groups, we prayed with other people, we went to prayer meetings. Why would we as a couple not pray together? And so that's something that we did. It was just kind of a normal... We loved praying together. We did. We enjoyed it. I mean, it, it. wasn't just like a... It wasn't like a requirement or no. something that we felt like was a... Like, we love yeah. God so much. We believed in His power so much. It was like, it was exciting to get together and pray with Him. Just It was part of a relationship... And we got to hold hands. That made, yeah, well, of course. <laughs> but we But we did pray together no, a lot on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and God moved. Go figure. God answered prayers. Uh, we saw things happening as a result of those times of prayer. And actually, word began to spread, and people started coming to us and say, would you pray for this thing? Would you pray for that thing? So we were praying for family members. We were praying for friends. And God was moving, and we saw results. Yeah, we did. And we carried that practice and that discipline on up into our marriage and all the way up to this present day, praying together as a couple. And it could be something insignificant that we prayed for. It could be something that's like a critical situation or anything in between. We just made it a standard, regular practice to pray together as a couple. And, you know, I'm thinking about even a couple specific situations where that habit of praying together was so critical and so powerful in those moments. Uh, When Sarah was pregnant with the twins, that was a rough pregnancy. I mean, we had a lot of ER visits, a lot of emergencies. Um, uh, you know, we had to go to a heart doctor on a regular basis, and it was just a tense time. And there was there was one moment in particular where this was before we realized we were having twins. Um, we thought for sure that Sarah had lost the baby. I mean, we just yeah, that's everything was pointing to that being the case. And so what we did was, of course, we went to the hospital in the ER, and uh, the, the, the sonogram tech uh, was checking everything out, and I remember what happened so vividly. It was like an emotional roller coaster yeah, to the like, extreme. Uh, the baby's fine, he says, in the other. <laughs> yeah. And I think I did leap out of the, the bed. Yeah, he said the other baby's fine, too. So. <laughs> So we go from like holding our breath, uh, you know, to find out to, to, to instant relief that the baby's okay, to instant shock that there's two babies in there. And so that was crazy. But then there was even another time after yeah, so we knew that there were the twins. The roller coaster hadn't stopped during the pregnancy. Months into it, uh, we had really difficult, scary moments. And one in particular, I don't know, I was three or four months long, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was a really scary night. And I thought I had lost, I mean, based on what had happened, thought I'd lost both babies. They even told you over the phone yeah, that that's what happened. Yeah, over the phone they said, yep. this is what they had me describe what happened. They said, you've lost the babies, just expect more of this to happen. And it did, more happened through the night. But we chose that night to sit together and pray Mm-hmm. And we spoke the word of God. We declared the word of God over these babies. And we woke up. Well, we didn't sleep that night. Yeah. No, um, no all sleep. through the night we were praying and just leaning on God and each other. And uh, we went to the hospital that next day. And in shock again um, and excitement, we found out. I heard the uh, tech guy say, both babies are fine. Yeah. And I, again, a leaping out of the bed and just in awe. They were miracle babies and they are, David and Kylie. And you know, I don't think that praying together necessarily uh, is what brought that outcome. What, but I think, uh, because you know, I, I believe the Word of God is the Word of God, but I think that praying together 
helped us through that night in such a dramatic way. Yeah. Um, and so we really believe in the power of couples praying together. We believe that everybody should be doing this. If you're not doing this, you're really missing um, an aspect of a relationship with God that is meant to be enjoyed. There are aspects of the nature and the uh, uh, power and the love of God that you only experience um, in fellowship and relationship with someone else. And what better relationship than a husband and wife is there to experience that praying together? And so we want to just encourage you, pray together. If you haven't started that, start it. Start doing that. Make that a habit. Make that the way you start your day or the way you end your day or both. But experience that. There's so much there. Yeah, so for me, this is more than just a teaching, okay? Sarah and I have lived this now for, you know, 24 years I mean, going back to when we first started praying together, even before we were married. And I've seen how this works. And I know how this works. And I know the difference that it makes. And so I am really highly motivated to try to compel you, if you're not doing this, to start doing this. Let me say this, just being totally transparent with you. Even this week, we've had two or three situations that were stressful and hard to handle. And we prayed separately about these things. I'm not making this up. And when we got together and prayed, the breakthrough happened. I'm just saying that because this is a regular thing. This happens all the time. I mean, I am fully persuaded on the power of a praying couple. And if you are a couple and you're not praying, there's a significant amount of the power of God you are not experiencing. And so I want to just really, really encourage you to step into that. And so to close up, what I want to do is I want to just talk about some practical um, steps you can take to make this happen. So the first thing I would say is this. Start simple. Start simple. This doesn't have to be a complicated thing. You don't have to have a TNT service at your house every night. Start simple. In fact, uh, I would say that the hardest part of learning to pray together is simply starting. Just start simple. Pray short prayers. You don't need to pray long, flowery, religious, Old Testament, Lord of the Rings sounding prayers. In fact, it's probably better that you don't do that. Talk to God. Talk to God about your day together. Talk to God about your family together. Thank God for his goodness, for the way that he's blessed you, for the way that he's shown up in your life, for his love. Just get together and pray. You know how to pray. Pray together. And so the other thing you can do is speak life together. There's so much power in that. Uh, when I pray with Sarah... There is a level, and, and I'm not trying to create some kind of a doctrine out of this or anything. I'm just telling you how it works for me. But when Sarah and I pray together, there is a level of uh, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, of being able to clearly hear what God is saying that is present in those moments that is not usually present when I pray by myself. I could give you the reasons why I think that is, and maybe it, that's correct or maybe it's not. I'm just telling you that's what happens. And so you can speak life together. You can use the power of your faith-filled words and together do that and see God move in a powerful way. Let's go ahead and have the band come back up. If you want to pick the morning as the time that you pray together, get together and thank God for the day that's about to come. I, you know, I, 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 when I pray with my kids, I tell them, let's look at this day like a gift. You know, think about a kid opening a present on Christmas morning. You don't know what's inside. You know you've got a gift. Something good is in there. We're going to open this day and we're going to see what God has for us today. If you pick the evening to pray together, you and your spouse, 
Thank God for what he's done. I guarantee you, you can look back over the day. You may have had a horrible day, but there's always something to be thankful for. And let me say this too. In some Christian families, in some Christian families, the husband takes a more passive role and, is, and becomes more of an observer. And right now, I just want to speak to men and say, men, you need to rise up and lead your families. Your spouse is watching. Your wife is watching. Your kids are watching you. You have influence whether you believe it or not. And the call of God on your life is to rise up and lead, to be the one that says to your wife, hey, can we, you know, at the end of the day here, let's go off and shut the door. Let's pray together. Come pray with me. Or you could say to your wife, let's set our alarms back like 15 minutes for the morning. Let's carve out a space of time and pray together tomorrow morning. But God is calling you to be the leader in this, to model what this looks like. And let me also say some people, some people might have, after hearing all of this that we talked about today, might have the thought, okay, I hear a lot of that, but just for me personally, I don't need to pray with my spouse. I I, what, what Jesus and I have going is, is so good. I, you know, I know other people might need it, but I don't need that. If you have that, that thought, if you have that mindset, let me just say what you're dealing with is a form of pride. It's a form of spiritual pride. And you need to lay that down because there is a difference between praying on your own and praying together with your spouse. Uh, and I hope, you hear me, I hope you hear me on this. In no way am I saying never pray on your own. I'm just saying you have your spiritual prayer life that you tend to, your spouse does, and then you both do together. Let's make sure that what we're doing together is healthy and active. So what I want to do is I want to issue you a challenge, Okay to get this starting, to get this rolling in your life. And I've already had people from last night's service respond to me, like text me this morning and say, hey, we, we've got it, we're, go we're going for it, it's happening, day one is in the books. And my challenge is this, over the next seven days, you and your spouse make a commitment that every day you will take time and pray together. It could be in the morning, it could be in the evening, but make a commitment to do that. And so we're going to do one more song. I want to invite you all to stand up right now. And as we do that song, I just want you to go to God and pray. Grab your spouse's hand if they're here with you and make a commitment over the next seven days. We are going to commit to praying together. Father, right now, God, we just want to thank you for what you're doing. We want to thank you, Lord, for the gift of your presence, for the gift of prayer, Lord, we recognize that we're not back in the Old Testament days where one guy could go into your presence one day out of the year. But thank you, God, that you tore the veil and you invite everybody to come before your throne. And so, Lord, let, I say, Lord, let marriages, let married couples unite, join hands, and come together before your throne and let a healthy prayer life uh, grow and be cultivated and developed all throughout Journey Church. In Jesus' name, amen.